So I spent all day writing notes on this one, so let's talk about Tulpamancy and personality bleed over. For this one, I have a good number of notes that I was taking all day. So I'm basically going to be reading off of that and then talking from whatever inspiration comes to my mind. So, um, personality bleed over. It's basically a blending of traits between the Tulpamancer and the Tulpa. So I'm going to start with the notes here. Um, personality bleed over is when a Tulpa personality traits and characteristics like attitudes, um, reactions, responses and thoughts of your talpa are adopted by you not in not intentionally by the way so basically um take let's take a step back here so when we create talpas you know either you know you can go the route of personality definition or you can go the route of just intending that you have a talpa and then they end up forming their personality over time as you interact with your tulpa day to day, once you know you gain narration and you work with them, whether it just be through that back and forth interaction in your head with the you know psychological model, or through you know devotional things with the shrine and stuff. Oh, my shrine moved. It's over there. Um, you know, uh, check my other video on shrines if you want to learn about it because it's not in this video. If this is happens to be the first one that you're watching about it, but. As you continue to interact with your tulpa more and more, and they develop a stronger personality, you know, they might like the same things that you do. They might have different interests. They might react to different situations, to various situations differently than you would. Personality bleed over can occur where either they start acting more in the way that you would, or you start acting more in the way that they would. And this can be to your benefit or to your detriment. Now, in terms of the way that a lot of Tulpamancers work, they tend to believe that it is more of a beneficial factor. And I can tell you from experience, um, my personal experience, that it is to a more beneficial factor. Because when I was working with the, um, you know, meta side of the metaphysical stuff, when I was working with the Necronomicon, there's the aspect of the Watcher, which is an extension of your consciousness and is believed to be a being that you call forth um, from other planes. And it's kind of an interblending between the two. And um, they are kind of your higher self in a way that you work towards blending with yourself. And so in terms of creating my or blending my Watcher with the idea of Talpamancy, I listed a lot of qualities that I knew I had within me, but I didn't have them developed yet, such as, you know, more positive social interaction, less anxiety, because I always had a lot of problems with anxiety and stuff. And so over the course of time, in different situations that would usually give me anxiety because of my interaction with my watcher slash Tulpa, I might just refer to my um, Tulpa as my watcher after this video. You know, we'll see how that goes. But as I developed that relationship through the Tulpamancy methods, I found that because of the support of my watcher, I was able to handle different situations with less anxiety than I would have in the past. And I credit that to personality bleed over. Because when I wanted to 
program my watcher slash tulpa to be more of what I knew I could be. I made my watcher or I programmed it to be social and other things that I was that I was not social, less anxiety, stuff like that. So in my own personal experience, when I had these situations where it would normally bring me anxiety because I had spent so much time forcing and interact, interacting with my tulpa, it was almost like my tulpa was guiding me through those situations in the ways that it would work with those. And then I began to adopt those habits. Everybody has had um, different interactions with friends and things where if you hang out with somebody long enough, you start to kind of act like them. I can remember back when I was in high school, um, a friend of mine had a particular laugh. And when I would hang out with him for a while, you know, so this was like junior year of high school and into senior year and stuff, I basically ended up laughing in the same manner that he did. When we stopped hanging out, I kind of gained my old laugh back. You know, you can kind of see this a lot with like parents and kids where kids will have the same like gestures and mannerisms as their parents, not only because that's what they've seen them doing, but it's because that's what they are exposed to all the time. So then you have an interaction of mirror neurons um, in your brain kind of mimicking those physical actions. So then when person A feels a certain way, they display it through certain physical characteristics and then through mirror neurons and learning, when I would feel a certain way, I would display those same characteristics. Like I remember somebody pointing out the same like mannerisms between me and my dad. Um, and that's kind of a way to interplay personality bleed over. Um, let me know how I'm doing in, the, doing in the comments, by the way. So let me get back to the notes here because I already trailed off. But you guys know that's par for the course with me. Um, can be compared to when we are around other others and adopt their personality traits. I write in a different alphabet just because it's more secret, so it's a little hard to read. Much more easy to write, but I already talked about that. <clears throat> um, it's like, yeah, here's another aspect. Like, if you move to someplace with a different accent, you might pick up that accent or dialect, you know? People that don't have like a southern accent and they move down south, they sometimes they end up picking that up. It's kind of the same thing. Um, so like, yeah, benefits and drawbacks. Like if your tulpa ends up having anxiety around a certain situation and you spend a lot of time interacting, um, you might develop that anxiety. Some other benefits could be like if they are interested in something that you originally were not, you might find yourself to be more interested in that. Um, me personally, I'm disabled, so dancing is not exactly a thing for me, but my watcher actually, when I'm interacting with, um, when I'm interacting with them and there's like music going on in the background, there's a little bit of dancing going on. Not me myself, but they kind of are. So, you know, I'm getting a little jig on a little bit, something like that. Um, kind of difficult to explain, but I'm trying to put it in English, I guess. Um, so yeah, theories on, uh, how bleed over works. I already talked about the mirror neurons and stuff. Um, basically, you know, anybody, as we grow up, we are a blank slate, a tabula rasa, and we learn our behaviors from interacting with others and interpreting them through our own lenses. We may adopt 
the way that other people work, we might, you know, take bits and pieces here and there from what other people do to form our own skills and stuff. And the way that I think that bleed over happens between a tulpa and the tulpa mancer is because they are both using the same consciousness, right? If you have one situation that you are experiencing through this physical vessel and your tulpa is there with you because they share the same consciousness and they have a certain reaction to it and you have a reaction to it. You have two basically competing thought processes where if yours is to shy away and theirs is to engage, but there's no possible way of shying away. It's like every introvert, you know, what do you do when someone starts small talking? You plan your escape, right? Sometimes you can't plan your escape. So if your Talbot is more social than you, then given the fact that you can't escape, the more social aspect that is coming from your Talbot's point of view might take over or you might opt to work with it. It's more of a subconscious process that kind of happens of letting that kind of influence push through and then you end up over time adopting that kind of thing. A lot of Tulpamancers do, um, you know, whether you're on the, the autistic spectrum with Asperger's or they ex report like social anxiety or other anxieties and stuff, they report that um, Tulpamancy and having a tulpa actually helps them with their issues. Why? Because most of us would ask a tulpa through personality programming and forcing and things to help us with that sort of thing. So over time being exposed to those different ideas and getting that gentle push that is different than someone else on the outside being encouraging because tulpas tend to understand people way better than other people on the outside in another meat suit do, that it's much more natural. This probably comes from the fact that it is from the same consciousness, so our brain kind of syncs it up as our own thought, which arguably it could be, but through the psychological model of tulpamancy, it is a separate entity making a separate thought that we end up adopting. You know, it's kind of like one side speaking one thing, one side speaking the other thing, and then which one do we follow? And eventually, if that force of the tulpa becomes strong enough and we kind of accept it, it gets let in and then that behavior is adopted. So on the other side, depending on how strong different traits are, tulpas can adopt certain personality traits that we have. So it works both ways, depending on situations, the way that we talk, the way that we word things, what words we would use, what choices of words we would use. These things can go back and forth. So that is a little bit of a quick explanation on tulpamancy and bleed over. Let me know how I did on this because I think I could explain it more, but I've been up since God knows when this morning and I thought I'd try to make a video on this. So let me know what you think. Drop it in the comments. You guys can check out my my Tulpamancy playlist for any of my other Tulpamancy videos as I continue to churn them out. You can check out my General Magic playlist for how to learn General Magic skills. You can check out my Necronomicon playlist for how to work with the Simon Necronomicon. If you are interested in how psychology and magic interplay to create change in the world and in your mind, you can check out my book, Magical Theater. If you are interested in how magic works within the confines of our physical universe, 
you can check out my book, Magical Mechanics. If you are interested in the Necronomicon gatewalking, you can check out the Guide to the Spheres and Beyond. And if you want to learn my own personal way of working with sigils through physical movements and visualization, you can check out Handy Sigil Magic. All four of my books are available on Amazon. As always, you guys can send me an email at priestofthenecro at gmail.com. You can find all of this info in the description below. So let me know what you guys think, and good hunting.